Hello and welcome back to season one, episode eight of Perspective. Today, I'm coming at you with a long-awaited episode. This has been in the works for quite literally months, and I am so excited to finally welcome Fardad, Taylor, David, and Trey to the podcast as they are the faces behind the iconic Museum LA, as well as their other partner, Jack, who unfortunately couldn't be here for the recording today. Now, Museum, contrary to the name, was started by these five best friends inviting their other friends over for Sunday night dinners. Slowly but surely, word got around USC and they started to make things official by taking reservations, having custom menus, and more. So far, they have served about 1,112 guests, providing them with a night to remember in which attendees are encouraged to engage in interesting conversation and, of course, enjoy delicious food and beverage. Because Museum was so popular among the student body, they have basically never done PR. It's all been word of mouth. However, today they are going to lay it all out for prospective listeners by discussing how they got their start, how it was naturally evolved, and the future of Museum as they are all graduating seniors this spring. With that being said, let's see what Fardad, Taylor, David, and Trey's perspective really is. Okay, museum, welcome to Perspective. Thank you all for taking time out of your schedules to sit down with me. I'm really honored that you guys like chose to um, use Perspective as a way to tell your story since I know you guys haven't done that before. Thank you so much for having us. It's an absolute honor to be here, Chloe. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Okay, so to set the scene for my listeners, I have four guys sitting in front of me. And if you guys just want to go around, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know a name with a voice and also um, what your role is within Museum. Certainly. Um, I'm Fardad Kayami. I'm the head chef and CFO. I'm from London and I'm a business major emphasizing in finance and minoring in behavioral economics at USC. Uh, my name's Taylor Martin. I'm from Newport Beach, California. Um, I'm going to be graduating this spring, and I'm studying international relations and global business, and I'm the vice president and co-bartender of the museum. How's it going? I'm uh, Trey Russell. I'm from San Clemente, California. I um, am a business student here at USC with, oh, actually not minoring in, in product design anymore. I dropped that. But as it relates to the museum, I am the head of design, and I'm probably also, I guess, a vice, vice president. My name is David Gelland. Uh, I'm from San Diego, California. I'm an art history major, and I am the bartender, one of two, at Museum. Head, head bartender. Head bartender. Head bartender, yes. that is. And then does someone want to explain what Jack does? Yeah, so Jack, who sadly couldn't be here today with us, um, um, he is our sec- he's our secretary, and he also is all the photography at the museum, um, which is a really important job because he's really the one who documents what we do, um, but sadly he couldn't be here with us today. I'd also like to add that he's our, our risk chair, which is super he important. He's very nervous about yeah. not being here today <laughs> and leaving us four without any supervision. For well, sure. I'm sure you guys are going to do great, um, but specifically I love that you guys all have like these individualized roles within museum that you like know so well and execute so well, but like always I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, so I think um, the best way to begin 
the interview process, I guess, is for you guys just to tell the story of how museum really came to be. Because if I'm not mistaken, it kind of just evolved naturally. 100%. Absolutely. So do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, I can kind of start off. Like museum is something that's kind of developed really organically throughout our entire college experience. Um, Whenever I, when somebody asks me, how did the museum start? Um, I kind of take it back to our freshman year when me, Fardad, and Trey all studied, as well as Jack, all studied in Paris together. Um, all five of us are actually transfer students at USC. Um, me, David, Jack, and Fardad, and Trey, as I said, were in Paris, and David went to community college down in San Diego. Um, but going into Paris, I actually had two roommates that I, I signed up, I knew before, one I met on Facebook, one I had known for the rest of my life. Um, and then we got our, our housing assignment in Paris and I see this kid Fardad Kayami and I had no clue who he was. Gonna be completely honest, I went on Instagram, he didn't have a single photo. I'm like, oh my God, this kid is gonna be so weird. Um, and then the first day we all went out together, we had a great time. And then we wake up the next morning before orientation and he comes up to me, he's like, hey, like, would you like me to make you breakfast? I'm like, oh, like, sure, like, why not? I'm, I'm not the best cook myself and for the benefit of everyone at the museum, I don't touch the food. Um, and he's like, yeah, let me cook you breakfast. And to this day, it's the best eggs and French toast I've ever had. Um, so it was the start of a great friendship. And then moving forward, that same week, we had a boat party um, with all the students at our school. And we were freshmen. We wanted to get to know people. And me and Fardad approached like a group of friends who are still some of our good friends today. And we're like, hey, like, why don't you come over for a dinner party? So Fardad cooked his... Taylor, let me just make an adjustment to that. Taylor <laughs> is being far too kind for himself. He, he, It was not him and I. He went up to a group of people <laughs> by himself and completely labored me off. Said, come to, my, come to our house on Friday for dinner and my roommate will cook you dinner. I was somewhere else in boat party. I had no idea he was doing this. I never agreed to doing his first dinner. However, I guess, I guess, I guess it led to what museum is today. Yeah. And then um, kind of throughout Paris, we just had casual dinner parties, like nothing spe- special. Fardad was cooking his iconic Mediterranean cuisine, which is a, a house favorite at the, the museum. Um, and then I actually had a class with Trey, and Trey roomed with Jack. And I actually didn't meet Trey, even though we had a class together until about three weeks before I left Paris. Um, but like once we started hanging out, we all hit it off. We all went out together. We had the best time. And I actually asked Trey and Jack to room together sophomore year. Um, in addition to a random roommate that we found <laughs> on Facebook with the name of David Gellin. Facebook Marketplace, actually. Facebook Marketplace. Um, $19 an hour. And little did we know that he would become one of our best friends. And I think like the, like all of us meeting each other has always been fate. And then Fardot, I wanted to know you want to talk yeah, about I sophomore can, year? Yeah, perhaps I can take it over here. So yeah, we were all, 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 all they were all living together and I was over at their place all the time, and sort of sophomore year at USC. This is pre. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 we were, you know, going out, meeting people, but we sort of realized at USC uh, that you know we're going out, we're meeting someone, and what are we getting? We're getting maybe their name, maybe their neighbor, their major, where they're from. That we're forgetting about five minutes later, mm-hmm. for being honest. <laughs> um, and we're like, we 
we know there's a bunch of interesting people at USC. To get into USC, it's such a competitive school, there's going to have to be something that differentiates you from the 60, 70,000 who apply every year. But we weren't having those interesting conversations. Um, so what we decided to do is to just, again, restart what Taylor and I were doing freshman year in Paris and just invite people over for, for dinner. And we just picked Sunday night because nothing else was going on on a Sunday night. And it slowly evolved from there. Slowly evolved. And just like you said at the beginning of, of, of this section, it just evolved so naturally. Um, there wasn't, I mean, not, 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 not to say that we didn't sit down and think about what we wanted to be and et cetera, but just the natural evolution from it, from our smallest success and the smallest part of the museum to the biggest part of the museum is so natural and it's so beautiful and something that we take a lot of pride in. As you, as you said in your intro, we don't spend anything on, on, on marketing. It's all pretty much word of mouth. Yes. So most people find out about the museum. They see it on their stories. They see a friend who's posted about it. They, um, they find our Instagram. We have a private Instagram and they, they request to follow us and they can DM us and request what party size they want. Um, as we said, we have a long wait list. Mm -hmm. The wait is about six <laughs> months. So instead of requesting a date, you more so just request that you want to come. Mm -hmm. And when we have an opening, then we send an invitation to you to come. Um, everything is prepaid on a Sunday, on a Sunday night. Um, and then we, once, you, once you come, it's open seating. It's for the plus 21 guests. It's open bar and open buffet food as well. And you can sort of just have an opportunity to go around the apartment and, and, and meet somebody that, that you didn't meet. Because there's, we do groups of two. So there's, you know, theoretically 28 people in the room that you haven't, that you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's so like what we were, like Trey was saying. I don't think Taylor was alluding to earlier, it's not just about the food. It's about everything. It's about the food. It's about the drink. It's about the atmosphere. It's about the community that we create and the, so and the social aspect of it as well. Being able to go and talk to these peers and have conversations that perhaps you wouldn't have on a regular, on a regular night out at USC. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I, even from just like an outsider's perspective, I was a freshman at USC and I saw that everyone was going to museum and I was like, what is this? I was a little intrigued because like I would see it on people's stories, but I like would click on the Instagram, but you guys were private. And that's rare nowadays because everyone wants to like be noticed on social media, but you guys kind of had an opposite approach. So instantly intrigued follow you guys was on the waiting list and I was always too slow when you guys would post on your yeah. stories being like we have two spots open always saw it too late um <coughs> and I don't know I also thought like people were cool like that went like I would see it and I was like oh my god they went to a museum like lucky like that's so cool and so I was like all right I gotta go so I feel like that like exclusive element really attracts a lot of people and I know we've talked about this a little bit, but was that an intentional like move or again, did that just happen naturally? It started off, it started off naturally. And then it sort of turned into something that had some sort of cognitive thought and, and background to So, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the private Instagram. We just made it private because we were very small. You know, we didn't mm -hmm. want everyone to see what we were doing. And then we sort of had sat down and had a conversation about it. Should we make the Instagram public? And, you know, Trey can, Trey can definitely allude to this as well. Um, we sort of thought, well, actually, let's 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 be a little bit more secret. Um, one thing about the museum that that we take sort of our, our our bigger philosophy with marketing and how we present ourselves is, which maybe is contrary to what we're doing today right now, but uh, we'd rather show people what the museum is instead of tell people what the museum is. Instead of telling somebody that we're exclusive or mm -hmm. or, or secretive, 
um, um, let's show it through, through how we are and how we act. And as you said, the power of exclusivity, if you know, you see a long, a long line outside of a bar, that's the bar you want to go to. Mm-hmm. If it's a bar that you don't know much about, it creates that intrigue. There's a great paper by a professor called, I don't want to bore you with, with, with I'm a massive nerd. No, but, uh, go on, go on. There's a paper from Bentley University from a professor called Ivan Fedorov. And, um, he talks about how the power of secrecy in marketing mm-hmm. and how when something's a secret, people just want to know more about it and they want to be part of that community. So it's, that's just certainly something that started almost as an accident, which we sat down and thought about and said, you know what, let's, let's, let's employ this as a, as a long-term tactic. Yeah, it's sort of like the do not enter you know, effect, like people see a sign that says do not enter and you're just immediately intrigued to enter. You yeah. know? It's like, oh, well, what's behind there that I can't go see, right? And so we sort of built up this this wall, which was a private Instagram with, you know, a couple hundred followers and people were getting like a glimpse over the wall, right? It was like, oh, I see one story a week of this food. What What's the rest of this experience like, right? Like who are these other people going? And they just wanted to know more. So really it was just this kind of onslaught of followers who I guess just wanted to, to see more and, and be a part of it. It was cool. Mm-hmm. To respond to your article, I you should read this book called Contagious. I feel like I've talked about it on this podcast before, but they talk about like social currency and like when you do something that's interesting, you want to tell other people about it because it makes you seem cooler. And that is definitely relevant with museum. Like the week leading up to when I went, I was like, guess where I'm going on Sunday? I'm going to museum. Like I told everyone, I don't. I don't know. I just felt the need to do that. And David like, still does that too. Every 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 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he's like, "Guess where I'm going on Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> that that exact thing happened. So with that class, I was telling you about those two girls. Like, I think it was. I'll give them shout outs. It was Maddie Ledger and, and Camille Bocalandro. Um, awesome people. They came and then I remember we went back to the class and by the end of the semester, this this table we sat at was like really close. It was a little family, and it was this thing where I I was sort of getting hounded by like who the people that are like, when are we going to get to go? Like, and then, you know, you know Maddie and, and Camille would be like, aha, like you haven't been to the museum. We have. <laughs> and then it was just like this sort of, you know, influence thing where they just would make fun of the other people for not having gone. And it was, I don't know, it was just kind of funny, but yeah, I, I think we saw an exact example of that, that social currency where they had that, that leg up, I guess, just to talk about it at the table. So when did like people started like bombarding you to come to these dinners because like if I'm not mistaken currently you guys have a waiting list of it's about 2,000 it's yeah 2,000 people so it's very popular like what I don't know when did you guys realize like oh this is huge <laughs> yeah I mean I, I remember specifically one time we were like posting we always post Fardot's food on our stories because it just looks so good and I remember we were posting on our well, it wasn't even us really posting at this time. It, it was somebody else was posting on their Instagram story from the first dinner because it was just like, look at this meal our friends just made us. And I was actually in a class over on campus and there was two girls at the table who were like, we saw like on somebody's stories and you were on the story, you know, like all this food, what was that? Like, was that like a dinner club? And then they just kept asking all these questions about what it was. And, we, you know, I, I go back to the guys, I'm like, people were interested, you know, like mm-hmm. these people found me in, out of nowhere. And they, they basically just said like, what is the food on your story? So honestly, it's all kind of like all credit to Fardot for putting together some beautiful plates. Cause yeah, it really did attract people and they, and they wanted to know more, you know, they wanted to, to be a part of it and, and try the food. So that was really, I guess, kind of how we got our first interest. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it just grew from there. It became this thing where 
you go to the museum, you post the food on your story to like show it off. So it yeah. was it was cool. But it's also it's not just about the food. It's about it's about the drink. It's about the atmosphere, and it's about everything. You know, one thing that we always talk about is how, for sure. People might call us a restaurant, but we don't really see ourselves as a restaurant. We see ourselves more of an as an experience, mm -hmm. which again is a natural natural evolving experience. But you know, if it wasn't for Trey with the design, if it wasn't for Taylor and 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 David with the drinks, if it wasn't for Jack for rounding everything out and balancing all of our ideas, it it, it wouldn't be what it is today. Um, um, it's also one thing to 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 perhaps realize as well is that we got very very lucky on the way as well and something that we definitely remind ourselves a lot is that you know with that person putting the their, their food on the story we got lucky that somebody saw it and somebody just ran into Trey in the class and they're the ones who had that conversation um, so we're so fortunate to be where we are today and we're so fortunate to have such a you know diverse team who are able to input and really make this make, make this a thing together yeah, yeah and something I always think about is like how perfect every single one of our individual talents blended mm -hmm. into the museum. Like when we originally kind of kicked it off was second semester, sophomore year um, in a gateway apartment, the luxurious <laughs> gateway apartments. Um, and like, obviously Fardad has his beautiful food, but Trey just pops and he's like, hey, like, I, I can design a menu. We can make this a little more special. And David's like, yeah, I've always wanted to learn how to bartend. Like, let me jump in. And Jack's there to document it all and take lovely photos of the guests. And what were you is, doing, Taylor? Um, obviously, <laughs> I was directing the... <laughs> chef the humor. I was the chef the humor. There you go. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. If, yeah, if important it was, role. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's what I always say. Um <laughs> But yeah, like all of our talents have blended so well together um, and it kind of just seamlessly like transitioned us from one year to the next. And, um, you know, while we get better at our individual crafts, it all comes together to make the museum a better place overall. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, even though this like naturally evolved, I feel like you guys have taken everything like not seriously but like have really taken like thought into everything that you guys do and like the attention to detail is so obvious if you like go because when I went for the first time like I was blown away by like the menus and like how well done they were and just yeah like the atmosphere it was really like you said an experience and I remember I was writing the intro for this and I had a hard time even like describing what it was exactly because I was like everyone just needs to experience it because it like you said again it is an experience it's not just a restaurant okay so now I kind of want to ask you guys like the questions that I had actually having like attended museum and it's a little bit more specific to each of your roles. So to start, Fardad as head chef and Trey as sous chef, right? <laughs> food prep. There we go. I don't, hey, I don't, I don't put any ingredients. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't make the food taste any differently. I just make it look pretty. There you go. That's an important Some, job sometimes. for the Instagram stories. That's an important job. Chef to design. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so where do you source the food from? Um, uh, 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 Whole Foods? <laughs> okay, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> um, um, I, I was considering lying and saying a very special market in downtown, but no, yeah, it's Whole Foods. <laughs> I mean, you got, you make it taste so good, so I was just curious. Well, as to... There we go. Maybe that's one thing we can add to the museum list. Like, anyone can do this. 
Anyone can do this. Anyone can make make the drinks that we make. Anyone can do the design. Anyone can run something that they want to do. Anyone can cook the food because anyone has access to whole food. You're gonna put us out of business, don't yeah. you? <laughs> you also forgot H Mart, by the way. Uh, oh, we do. Oh, we get our, all of our Asian needs at H Mart. Mm. Little plug. Yeah. yeah. And Sadaf for our Persian needs. Oh, a lot of a lot of Persian market visits. Rose water. Yes, sir. They actually call him Habibi Gelin in there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody calls him that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you know? how much food to get. Because even when I'm cooking for myself, like it's either way too little or way too much. Like that is a special talent. <laughs> oh, it's something I messed up countless times at the beginning. <laughs> One week we didn't have enough food, but next week we'd have so much food waste and we'd be eating it for the rest of the week. Um, um, it's just something you adjust and, 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 and you learn to, and I, I wouldn't say that I do it perfectly today. There's always still, you know, they always give me, there's this, I traditionally make a little bit too many pickled onions oh, every God. single week. <laughs> Grated cheese. Yeah, Jesus. Grated cheese. I also, also, you know, sometimes I kind of like putting them to work. I kind of like giving them the, they kind of, it's a trait, they kind of like do a little bit of tasks in the kitchen. I always try and give them a little bit, one or two things to do, so. If Storo was here right now, I think he would actually be, he would have a lot to say about this. <laughs> But uh, no, it's something we keep on working. It's just something you feel and you realize, okay, like for example, tomorrow night we're doing, so I guess one thing we didn't mention in, in, in the beginning, Sundays is sort of our open reservation dinner. Mm -hmm. You come um, on Thursday nights during the week, we do private events. Okay. So we started off just doing birthdays, but now we do corporate sorority events, uh, events for organizations on campus as well. Um, but so tomorrow night we have, a, we have a private event for a sorority dinner, for a senior dinner, their graduating dinner. And um, it's gonna be about 55 people. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to have to sit down after this podcast and figure out exactly how much food we're going to need, exactly how much, how much prep we're going to need and et cetera. Um, cause we've never done something on that scale before. So something I'm still trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And for like your Sunday night dinners, for example, like, do you wake up and go to the grocery store and then like immediately start prepping or like, what's the timeline for a typical museum day? Yeah. So we sort of internally so we send out invites for the sunday on the tuesday mm -hmm. so tuesday morning we sort of we decide what cuisine we want to do i kind of then very just passively just in my free time when i'm procrastinating work <laughs> i just go on youtube and i kind of just see all right for example we, we did we were doing sort of asian food east asian food we did a lunar new year dinner um a few a few weeks ago and so just looking online trying to find recipes i don't really put pen to paper until sunday morning Okay. So Sunday morning, uh, uh, I'll wake up and I'll go online, I'll research, I'll finish the menu, we'll see what we're making, I'll then figure out, okay, how are the ways that people make this? How can I make this? How can we make this possible to make for our guests in terms of their taste, but also just the practicality of our kitchen because we don't have a full kitchen. <laughs> um, 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 God has not graced me with, 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 with the most resources back there. But... Um, um, Sunday morning, I sort of figure out. Then I try and be at Whole Foods around 12. Hopefully try and get back by 1. We didn't have a little family lunch with old museum boys. They all come over and we get some early prep done. And then I'm sort of cooking from 2 to 8. Wow. Until the food comes up out around 9, 9.30. That's a lot a lot of work to put into it. But, you know, I mean, it's, and I mean, like, the boys put in so much work, too, mm -hmm. to prep the drinks and everything. And like I said, it's, it's, it's our pride and it's our joy. It's what, you know, wakes us up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason that, that we want to continue doing this. And then, I guess you kind of already answered this, but do you, like, have, like, a recipe book? Or, like, how do you come up with these meals? Because for those who haven't gone, it's not just, like, 
simple dishes. Like they're quite complicated and intricate. And the the cuisine changes every single week. Um, so the menu completely changes. But um, the thing about cooking. And I hate I hate saying this. I always feel very <laughs> self-conscious when I say this. But it's I mean it's it's a science in a way. It's a food science. Mm-hmm. So how a protein reacts when it's next when it's in an acidic environment, when it's in a salt, salt salt environment, how does this vegetable react to heat compared to this? How you know does a vegetable? How does the proteins in a vegetable change into nature when you cut it this way instead of when you cut it that way? With cooking, I feel like with anything in life, with like Trey's, Trey's design when he's building something and for our event tomorrow night, Trey's putting on, we're doing it at somebody else's apartment, Trey is completely redesigning their apartment, putting on these lights and etc. But just the thing with many crafts in life, I feel, once you understand the fundamentals, once you understand the basics, not to say that I have a grasp on everything, mm-hmm. but once you sort of have a few things together, you can really cook anything. If you understand how a carbohydrate, you know, how a carbohydrate um, um, acts in boiling water, you can cook pasta, but you can also cook like a more of a Chinese style noodle, um, um, for example. So, so sort of once you have those fundamentals, it's it's with a little bit of thought, you can sort of figure out how to make recipes. I don't really have a recipe book. Um, I do document what we're cooking and sort of my steps, but. Um, um, I also don't like it to be rigid. I always try like to try something new every yeah. time, and sometimes they work. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they they're hidden. This. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say you guys you've made like everything. I've seen sushi on the museum Instagram, um, fish salads, like everything. You can thank Mr. Martin for the sushi. I was <laughs> did not want to, it. Took about a year and a half for us to make sushi. I did not want to do sushi. For, <laughs> it's hard. When we, when we did, it is really hard. I found that out on the museum day. I never made sushi before <laughs> that dinner. Oh, we made the first roll. I'm like, I'm going to have to spend an hour. <laughs> I'm going to spend an hour prepping this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, no. Again, we want to bring a variety. We love everything about the museum. We want people to come in and have an experience they've never had before. Perhaps try a food or a drink they've never had before as well. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of variety and also keeps it interesting for me. I think I might yeah. get bored if I'm cooking the same thing mm-hmm. every, every, every single week. That challenge of figuring out, okay, I've got to make risotto this time. Never made risotto before. Okay, let's go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the nice thing is that like people want to obviously keep coming back for the experience, but like the food's different every time. So yeah, it's a different And it keeps people engaged sort of on the Instagram too. Mm-hmm. It certainly has that marketing element where every single week you're sort of waiting to see what are they doing on Sunday? It keeps them engaged because it's something new every time. Mm-hmm. So do you choose the theme based on, like, do you pick the cuisine first and then you guys choose a theme or how does the that work? I guess that's for everyone. But Usually every Monday, um, kind of like when we're talking about the night before, we kind of decide what the next theme is going to be. Okay. And then throughout the week, we'll start to develop a menu and I'll start thinking about drinks and Tay and I will work on that together. Yeah, and it's like just something that's very fun for us. Like, there's no set like steps that we take to decide a theme. We're just like, throw it out like, there. What's everyone feeling this week? Like, just spitball. Like, we've come up with some crazy ideas that we <laughs> haven't done. Like, I wanted to do Aspen theme. We want to do like Crusades. pirate pirate theme. I was um, so down for pirate theme. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just always something that's very fun and like it surprises even us. Like, most of the time, it's like a different culture country but um last week was country club (laughs) so we just added a club to it um but i mean just it's been so fun just picking new themes and it's been fun for us because we also get exposure to like as an ir major like i obviously am very attracted to different cultures and like looking up different countries cuisines or the traditional alcohol or um like mixers that 
these countries use has been really fun and also like helped my knowledge of international relations in, in some regard. There you go, you get to use your major for yeah, this one. Absolutely. <laughs> Food ambassador. Yeah, and I also think we've been just very lucky because, you know, as we've acquired more and more tools to kind of make these things come to life, it's it's given us a lot more room to be creative, right? Like we have more and more dishes so Fardod can really, you know, go into every sort of category of food he can make the appetizers according to that theme the you know the mains according to that theme and, and yeah like taylor said like he can use different types of you know flavors and stuff and and even in the, in the design perspective like we can use the national flowers around the museum mm. we can you know theme the music we can theme the menus like you know the color of the paper it's so like the details get so minute with the theme and you know as we've grown it's really just become more of like a okay, where else can we squeeze this in? You know, mm -hmm. because it's just so much fun. Like, and really, you know, we've seen the space transform. We've seen the food transform and the drinks transform so much. And, and I think at the end of the day, we've just, you know, we've been lucky to have that opportunity to like really take it to, to the ninth degree. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess, so Trey as head of design, what do your responsibilities specific include? Cause I know you kind of do a lot. Yeah. So I, I mean, compared to the other guys, all four of them, I don't actually really have as much of a responsibility on the day-to-day, -day, right? On the Sundays and the okay. Thursdays. Um, and that's because my job mainly pertains to first building space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think about it, my work is mostly within the first two to three weeks. I, you know, we sit down at whatever space we're at, whether it be Gateway, the bungalow or the bungalows or, um, you know, the space we're at on Ellendale in, in, we think of what we need. And, and then, you know, then it's a sort of two to three week process where we're looking at constraints, we're looking at budgets, you know, spacing it out and, and really just designing it on paper and then, you know, bringing it to life. And so once that work is done, which like I said, takes about you know two, two to three weeks, I kind of get to take the back seat, right? Mm -hmm. I get to do things like the menus, which, you know, often happen the Great day the of. <laughs> Great the cheese. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, really the only, the only responsibilities I have from a design perspective um, other than like the small projects here and there, you know, adding a shelf to the wall or adding, you know, changing up the lighting is, is yeah, the music. There's a lot of management that goes on like behind the scenes mm -hmm. during the event. Like, yeah. Like usually at the end of the dinner, you know, we'll start to increase the tempo of the music. We'll change the lighting in there. Exactly. Yeah. So we try to, what Trey does really well is make that all very seamless and people kind of naturally get into that flow yeah. throughout the dinner. It's and sort I, of, oh, so good. Oh, I just wanted to toot Trey's horn for a sec, but um, <laughs> I love tooting just Trey. a little a spoiler alert for those who haven't been, but we've had a lot of people come into the museum and they think it's just one room. They just, they're like, oh, like, where's the bathroom? Like, is this an apartment? Like, where do people sleep? And that's because Trey, like, is a carpenter by trade. And not only did he build the bar and the dinner table, he also built... A revolving bookshelf, a wine shelf yes. is what we made it. Um, so people come in like, oh, like, do you have a bathroom? I'm like, like, try and find it. <laughs> I'm like, just lean against the wall, and people like push the wall open, and like the faces like that they make are You're spoiling are, it for all the people. I know. Yeah, now they know where the bathroom is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been it's been fun because it's like you know, the design now is like, I get to go to the store and pick out the flower arrangements or like Taylor said, like the wine wall actually holds our all, like it's like a wine cellar, you know, mm -hmm. we actually pull our wine from the wall and we get to go to the, the store and refill it and I get to choose the pretty bottles and I get to, you know, design the menus, but it's all the little details now. Um, yeah. but it's, it's like really fun. And, you know, as David said, the only kind of active thing I'm doing during the dinner is, is the music and the lighting, which 
is a very gradual thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like one song builds on the next. The lighting, you know, dims every 10 minutes slightly. And by the end of the dinner, you're in a completely different space than you were when you first walked in. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Interesting. You, yeah, I remember when I remember when you came. You stayed really late, and I mean that fully. <laughs> I as did. A compliment. Sorry, guys. I mean that fully as a compliment. <laughs> no, I mean it fully as a compliment, and that's what we love. Like, it's the reason why we do this. Um, um, we need to have those like real conversations, mm-hmm. and and when somebody loves it, when somebody stays so long and wants to talk to us and wants to learn about it, as 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 you did, it it, it means the world. Mm-hmm. Which dinner did you actually come to? Sovereign night. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that did was really have, fun. Did you have the chicken? Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, everything was so good. No, seriously. <laughs> How does to, he do let's it? Let's get down to business. Did you have that chicken? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Was, I remember I was like standing by the kitchen. I was like waiting for more to come out because yeah. like everyone grabbed it. And, and, and that, that's actually a great dinner to go to because that was like completely different for us. That yeah. was the first time we did like a... I mean, you know, usually it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot different, but that one was, was interesting because like the music was different. The drinks were, were really good. The food was like, that was the first time you really made like fried food. I don't think it was anything on the menu that I'd made before. Yeah. Mm. That was was very tasty, by the way. Thank you. You're so kind. And I remember being really impressed by that because I was like, I don't know. I didn't have like, I didn't know what to expect because it is kind of like, there's a secret element and like you guys aren't posting up on the Instagram, like every single detail. So yeah, I just remember like being so impressed by all the details in that wine wall. I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, they made this? Like, that's so cool. And the wall that you have, that's like the chalkboard and um, like the bar area was just, and it's it looked the, so professional. It's all like the little things you don't notice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the biggest thing for us. The worst is when you go to a hotel or you go to a restaurant and you start noticing that the corner's a little dirty mm-hmm. in the bathroom, they didn't fold the towels right. The men, the, you know, the room, the room service menu or whatever menu it is, isn't aligned properly on the paper. And when you start noticing these little things that are wrong, it kind of ruins the entire illusion. It ruins the entire experience. Because mm-hmm. when you walk into a museum, and it's really, you know, again, like to the work, to the work that ev- that everyone's done. When you walk into the museum, when you open that door, you're transported into 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 a completely different space, into a completely mm-hmm. different environment, completely different experience than your your regular Sunday night. Um, and and having all those little details before that consciously you might not even notice. You might not notice that we have the spice jars on the top ceiling. You might not notice that on the side, Trey has put these little dangling ivies and blah, 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 and that the floor is completely clean and that everything is organized. Um, but collectively, they all, they all come to build that experience. So that little attention to detail is so important to us. Mm-hmm. And I want to add, because I think Stora would be kicking me if I didn't say this on his behalf, but you know, he used to say this back in the day, like Gateway, um, yeah. before we were even really doing the museum, I think. And he would just say, you know, the devil's in the details, the things that you will get faulted for that take away from the magic. And I specifically use magic because Storo is a huge Disney fanboy. <laughs> um, He's a Disney the, things that, the things that take away from the experience and, and the magic of it all is, is those tiny little things that Fardot's talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like, is there anything that's just so, so like nobody else would notice anything that nobody else would notice. We wanted to notice because if you, there's no faults throughout the night, then, you know, it seems, feels so seamless. It feels so natural. And then it kind of just flows. And, and so, when yeah, when you're putting so much work into designing the space, so much work into the menus, so much work into doing the drinks and shaking the drinks and making drinks for everyone the entire evening for under, you know, the events go from eight to maybe midnight, even one or 2 AM. They're making drinks for a long time. When you put all that work in, it's such a shame for the little things to be the ones that bring you down. So it's, you know, 
something we tackle. I just want to say, like, I do really want to lean into this idea of the details because I think that's really what, at the end of the day, is one of our driving factors, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think each of us have contributed a different idea on our own, on our own accord, right? Like, Fardad wanted to use real plates with f- real forks and knives, you know, and we, when we, even when we go on the road, like we bring our real plates, we don't want to use paper plates. We don't want to use, you know, plastic cups, the menus. It's not just regular, you know, a four paper. It's yeah. like thick and it's, you can feel it. And you know, every, the music, it's like perfect temperature. Sometimes it gets hot, but, um, <laughs> you know, we, we really wanted to just drive home the whole user experience from everything to the touch, the smells, you know, we burn candles like the whole night mm-hmm. and people think, you know, it smells really good. And, you know, well before the food is being cooked and well after, but obviously the food adds to that as well. But, you know, if we can flu- and can influence every sort of sense, we're going to. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, the thing that's really just created it, you know, it changed it from being like a dining, you know, experience to just a full immersive experience. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, everybody's contributed in their own ways with that. I think that's what made Gateway really special too to us. It's because for those who aren't familiar with the beautiful <laughs> University Gateway apartments. <laughs> the the dirty that place G. is so iconic in I know. so many ways. <laughs> the it's, dirty it's, G, some might call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very traumatizing in a lot of ways. A you, lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you enter, you know, the, the ceiling tiles are punched out by like, yep. you know, yeah. blacked out freshmen who are we like were, we were there. so pretentious back then. not that we're not pretentious now we used to call museum an oasis on campus yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hey no um, I, that's but, fair but yeah. you know there, there was yeah. something about like walking into Gateway and expecting all of that chaos and then you know you, you would enter our apartment and it was still like you know the conventional layout or whatever, but <laughs> but like we moved the couches, we like hung up a ton of paintings, and that that um, might be one of my favorite memories of the museum. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like there's, when we started in Gateway, right? When, I remember there's this one video that we have where I'm I'm like frantically cooking in the corner. <laughs> um, um, David's like trying to taste the drinks and figure out what tastes good and figure yeah. out why it's not tasting good. <laughs> Trey's like Trey's like in the corner putting up this shelf, screws in the wall, and yeah. Taylor's oh in the corner God, eating yeah. a pizza. And um, and um, it's like one of my favorite memories. It just goes back to how like raw and beautiful that was, and yeah. mm-hmm. how you know from day one we were trying to export somebody yeah. into. You know, it, it made us completely different. Yeah. It made us figure out what we wanted to be a lot mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. to this day, it's really about you know as what's sort of been said, getting transported into into something else. It's about being in an environment that you wouldn't expect socially in college mm-hmm. because usually when you you're talking with people or you're meeting a new person, it's at a party where you can't really hear someone. Uh, too well you can't have a genuine conversation um and that that might be like what you expect when you enter like a random apartment complex and then a lot a lot of that magic happens by just like being shocked or surprised i do want to add like i remember (laughs) i think the reason the gateway or the whole gateway apartment like eventually became officially the museum because we came up with the museum name like two weeks into the the semester sophomore yeah. sophomore fall like we were like you know every, every every house has a name right mm-hmm. there's like lighthouse blue house yeah. whatever and we were like oh well you want to have a name you know for your gateway apartment passage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny and so we were like oh and originally they and I'm, I'm pointing at all three of you wanted to call it the gallery and I was like that is terrible <laughs> <laughs> like gallery like it's just a, a ring gr- to it it's a gross word yeah it's it doesn't like, it doesn't flow like museum is so elegant and beautiful but anyway so you wanted me, to call it the menagerie at one point. Yeah, we could. That yeah. is pretentious. Yeah, that is. 
I was on my like glass menagerie. I wanted to call it the Boneyard. Yeah, yeah. We had some we had some interesting names. I think Jungle was in there. Can we cut that out too? No, no, no. So I mean, I remember the story goes like me, Fardad, and David. Well, it was really just Fardad originally was going for Santa Barbara for the weekend, and you know some friends of his, I think from Paris, right? No. I guess friends of his just from campus were like, hey, come up to our, you know, nice little beach house in, in Santa Barbara. And, and Farda calls us, me and Dave, and he's like, do you guys want to go? We had no idea who these people were. Like, it was like a group of like six girls and, and their friends. And so we're like, yeah, sure, why not? And it was a lovely weekend. I mean, yeah. we got great breakfast and good food. And it was so much fun with these people. We had no idea who they were. We were dancing around and it was just so much fun. And I remember on the drive home, we were like... We need to get our lives together. We just spent this house or this weekend, this beautiful house. And like, none of that was our doing, right? That was like all influenced by other people. And so when we get back, we look around the apartment, there's like road signs on the ground. <laughs> we David, we refer to this time as the dark ages. Yeah. The dark in ages. Our, in our lives. David, it, David. It was very medieval. David like brought on the sewer pipe one day, which <laughs> I'm not going to fault him for that. Cause that was very, very important piece it of pretty, art. It looked pretty cool. But yeah, we had all this like just just stuff everywhere and it was really gross and I remember me and David kind of looking at each other Fardad I think had just went home and we were like dude let's let's clean this place up like let's 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 fix it and so we threw everything out we like threw the tv out because we were like we don't even use this like it's so soul-sucking and then it just was this perpetual thing where we just kept adding stuff like let's add pillows and let's put shelves on the wall and then let's get flowers and you know by Monday morning we had this beautiful space we're like all right like now it's a now it's a restaurant. Like, let's let's do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was really when it became this, like, you know, sort of visible thing that we could do is, like, now we have the space for it. We've already got the chef and the chef to humor Taylor. And, and <laughs> he knows every girl. Like, you know, <laughs> let's do it. And so, yeah, I think that was sort of the turning point is, mm-hmm. is when the museum came to the museum after a much needed weekend in, in Santa Barbara yeah. so that might be the most impressive thing about museum turning the gateway apartments into a yeah. beautiful space no, <laughs> because the lighting not the best it's yeah. just like you said soul sucking would be <laughs> my no, adjective not, not to say that we figured out back then like Trey was saying it's been constant improvements like what the mm-hmm. museum is today yes. is so drastically different to what the museum was in gateway the feel of it the vibe of it the design of it the food of it I sucked at cooking back then I'm not that I'm, not, no, you, no, I'm, I'm okay I bet now. you were good huh? I <laughs> Certainly, the presentation of it. Eh. No, I, I actually think your idea, your was your idea to get the first tablecloth. Remember that white and black yeah. tablecloth we had? It was like sort yeah. of Spanish. It was but cool. even the, f- oh, I, remember, yeah. I, I used to yeah. just throw food. I still on have the that, play. by the way. I have, I have that. That's that's at my, oh, that's at my house in San Juan. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I stole it because I was like, I want this, and then I. <laughs> we, you used to have to bleach it, right? Did we still have that poster? So in Gateway, yeah. we yeah, used yeah, the to one the signatures. The sing- yeah. Yep. When our first oh, few yeah. dinners, we had like this little poster where everyone could sign their like name. Now it's become our chalkboard. Well, this is actually a good story because this was on my birthday. It was our third dinner. And I was like, you know, it's it was on a Sunday and I was like, guys, let's do a museum dinner. And it, that was when it was like, all right, we're committing to this. And, you know, naturally your birthday, you want all your friends to be there. But I was like, no, let's just invite random people. And well, you had a Russian class and you had a friend from your Russian class come. And yeah. I remember, you know, all these people were just like signing this thing, like the museum's so cool. Like this has a lot of potential. And then they would like say happy birthday or whatever. But yeah, it was this cool thing where we got like 20 signatures. One of the, that girl signed in Russian, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, people were drawing little pictures and, you know, David had drew his little picture that he always draws. But yeah, I just remember like, this was just this cool thing where everybody was just like saying how stoked they were to be there. And mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I still have that somewhere. It's in my garage, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now 
David and Taylor as head of beverages. I want to talk to you guys. So for your 21 and over guests, um, you have an important job. You really get the party started for them. So um, it lo- or when I went, it like really seemed like you guys were making some craft cocktails. Where do you draw inspiration for the recipes? Because like you guys use like some really cool ingredients. It's not just like a typical drink, I guess, that you can get at any bar. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts with deciding on a theme for mm-hmm. the week. And when we first started doing it, um, you know, we kind of had to think about like what was most like economically viable for mm-hmm. us um, while also being like easy and, and fast to serve to people. So it started off with a lot of like pretty simple cocktails that, you know, you could look up a recipe for. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, as we kept doing it, I got a little more confident and tried looking up recipes and um, a couple of people were started gifting me like cocktail books and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So, um, it do, kinda, you, do you remember our first drink? Yeah, it was a Negroni, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Which mm-hmm. is three parts or equal parts of three ingredients. <laughs> Easiest so. drink ever. Look yeah. at him. Yeah. I mean, just to add on to David, like, yeah, at the end of the day, it starts with a theme and it starts with like research. Like I'd say the first thing we do and we decide on a theme is just like, look up, oh, like what's this country's like National typical alcohol. yeah alcohol yeah. like mm-hmm. we did Japanese night which is something that I've always wanted to do like I've been to Japan a few times and it's my favorite place I've ever been and you know we, we went to the Japanese market and we bought some mm-hmm. nice bottles of sake mm-hmm. and experimented <laughs> with that which is like a really hard like drink to make a cocktail with yeah so I mean that morning um, and like I promise we're not alcoholics we're just doing a little taste testing <laughs> and it took us a while because because we're like, oh, like this isn't sweet enough. This is too bland. Um, so we just honestly kind of experiment, um, and that's been really fun for us. But I mean, we had a, a, a Greek party the other night, and we ended up serving yeah. mastiha, which is something I've never heard it of. Comes from the it's like derived from the mastic tree in Greece. So yeah, was, yeah we we get to experiment with some yeah. really funky ingredients, and that's what's so fun about it. Like like we call it the museum, not only because we like visual art but because every single one of our crafts is art Fardad's cooking is an art the design that Trey does is an art and then the drinks that David and I do not only do we want them to taste good we want them to be pretty Mm -hmm. and the photos that Jack takes yeah and the photos of Jack takes of of the beautiful people minus me Um, it's it's fun also that we we had to explore LA a lot and like sourcing these ingredients. Yeah. Like I, I remember we had a, a Peruvian night and there's a, a drink that's really popular in Peru called Chicha Morada, which is like this like purple corn sweet drink. Okay. And so, so I had to like venture around downtown LA and like found, found like a Peruvian restaurant and like bartered with them. Like I brought, <laughs> I brought one of our cooking pots and I was like, okay, how much to fill this up with some chicha morada? Because I was using it as an ingredient in one of the cocktails. And you know, we had a little back and forth, like these Peruvian guys. <laughs> a barter. Yeah, and I was like walking on the streets of downtown <laughs> with, with a, a pot with full a pot of, of chicha some strange alcohol. And you know, as we kind of mentioned earlier, like we're regulars at the at the Persian market now. Yeah. Because we use a lot of rose water and orange blossom water. Yeah, yeah I have a good Persian market story. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, David and I are, are frequent visitors of the, the Jordan market in Westwood. And shout um, out, shout out, shout out, shout out obviously. Um, so we go and we buy maybe like six 
or seven things of rose water, which it's not only good for your skin, it's good <sighs> yeah. for drinks. We always do a little um, But I'm checking out with on, the only thing in my cart is seven bottles of rose water. And the lady's like, oh, like, what do you use this for? And she's like, I love to use it for my skincare. I love to use it to pray. And she looks at me, she's like, what do you use it for? I'm like, uh-huh. I make cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> And she was looking at me with pure disgust, yeah. but she loves it. They're they're so sweet, and like we've yeah, like David was saying, we've gone to some crazy places. Like I went to, I called maybe five or six Greek markets to get the mastiha, and I ended up going to a Greek bakery deli market and uh, um, had the best right time. Now. Picked myself up a, a gyro or a euro, or I still can't pronounce it even <laughs> after working in a restaurant. Um, but I also do have to say, like David is kind of the mastermind behind all the drinks. The first, I didn't learn how to bartend until this fall, um, and David kind of took me under his wing and showed me the steps. And you know, now I think we're just so much more efficient, and it's been yeah. kind of fun to experiment with new countries, new mm-hmm. drinks. And it used to get pretty pretty crazy before I had Tay behind the bar. Um, oh yeah, because like in bungalows, our last location, my. My bar was literally a utility closet. <laughs> like, this is, this it was, is it was funny. He's not, he's not kidding. It was Troy, probably. Troy, Troy yeah, you gotta use what you've got. This yeah, walks in, there's a closet. So it's a living room. There's like a little closet where you usually <laughs> so put like hilarious. your jacket and your shoes. Goes, Trey goes, that's the bar. I'm yeah. like, Trey, what the? What are you talking <laughs> about? Why, would, why did you do that? Because in the right mind, right? Like, like, okay. So first of all, I want to preface this that the bungalow, we did not see that security deposit ever again. We. That, I was wondering about. Oh my gosh! That. Okay, so this place with the with the third location we're now, we know we're incurring the cost of this. No, 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 no! I negotiated with the landlord. It's all tenant improvements, actually. Oh, well, they, <laughs> they actually do tour that apartment. They're like, look at this beautiful apartment. Yeah, we they should be flat, paying we, you. We, yeah, it's, it's a selling point. He loves us. Thank yeah. you, Chloe. But Thank so you. I am in I will talk agreement. to your landlord. I am in full agreement. <laughs> but in, in the so in the second place, I remember me and Farad walked in in the dead of summer. It was so hot, and I we first of all we walk in and there's this there's this massive ceiling fan. I mean, this thing had a diameter of like so seven ugly. feet. It was it so was big, so ugly. and it also it hung down so low that like if we ever had one of the basketball players come in, they would run into it. Like it was, <laughs> we still have that issue, but like we, it was so ugly. So first thing we did was me and Farda ripped this thing out of the ceiling, like literally ripped it out and replaced it with a light. But then we were like, all right, where are we going to put the bar? We open up this closet and it's like a coat closet. I'm like, it's 90 degrees today. When are we ever going to need big jackets? True. Like, what is this closet even used for? So we take a hammer. <laughs> no wonder we, you didn't get we swing, we There's a the shelf closet. for like, I don't know, snow boots? I don't even know what it's for. <laughs> and we, we swing this hammer, like basically just demo it right out and it like pops out. There we go. And we're like, oh, perfect. Let's put a shelf in there and we, we've got a bar. Yeah. That's where David goes. And was, so, no, yeah, David yeah, was like, stuck little, me in there. Dave's cave. Dave was <laughs> like, we called it Dave's cave. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really funny. Yeah, Dave it was, was like little Harry Potter in the, yeah. in the closet. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It was an abusive relationship. But honestly, dude, like looking back at it, I think that's still my favorite bar because it just looked so cool. Yeah, that's cool. pretty cool. It was like this little portal. And, you know, David just looked cool in this little. Like uh, it was almost like a little concession, and it was you know? so just raw and makeshift. Yeah. I, like that's was, what I love about it. It was like three by three feet in there, and oh, it was so small. Like, <laughs> like during the dinners, it would probably increase by like ten degrees inside that little cave. Oh my so God. like the photos oh. of me, like I'm dripping sweat. <laughs> David would get like blocked in because everyone would be like in line yeah. to get a drink, and they just like swarm around David in yeah. this little cave. But no, so I would have loved to have seen the landlord's face when she looked in this closet. and It was a different color, and there was a like a. <laughs> A wine wall, like she probably lost it. Do you remember when we did 
our first brunch event. Oh, we, we, that was my birthday. Yeah, yeah, birthday's birthday. Lots so of birthdays. we did a we did a brunch and we like set up a whole like Trey did a beautiful job at designing an outdoor space for us. And there he was made a, these, like cushions and these benches. It was really really low budget. For the yeah. security yeah. camera. Yeah, footage. no, that's what I'm saying. Is that like we get an email like halfway through the <laughs> event from our landlord and she took a screenshot like on oh, no. with her phone of the security camera. She's like, what's going on? Like, you need to shut this down right now. No. But the picture Dang. is so funny because like <laughs> I invited a few kids from like my fraternity and they were all like dressed up in funky costumes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can just see all of them like with their funny costumes on like she didn't even say anything she's just like what is this <laughs> yeah, she was just I would confused. love to see it that text a, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty it, was, it looked like a painting like you had kids eating french toast some kids like literally like bottoms up yeah. some kids wearing like like Taylor said like goofy outfits funny glasses and it was like it was, yeah, one Caravaggio painting actually yeah yeah actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. but yeah so does someone want to answer for Jack? Because I know he's not here, but he definitely... We can, all, we can all answer. Yeah, he yeah. definitely has an important role as photographer. So can you explain, because I think that, again, this speaks to your attention to detail, how the pictures are distributed after events? Because I was Yeah, so Trey, built us, Trey built us a beautiful website. What can't you guys do? Can we literally? actually have a sponsor? We, we were sponsored by Squarespace. It's a great <laughs> website building. Shout out to Squarespace. <laughs> It's a fantastic website Use built by Squarespace. I'm Trey Russell, but so yeah, so all the photos go on that website. As soon as you're as soon as you're done done with the event, the next morning, Monday morning, we send you a text saying thank you so much for coming, um, and then we send you a little link and the password and say your photo is going to be ready in in two to three days. Go on this website and then we have a little page, a little link for every single dinner, the photos from every single dinner. You go, you put in a password, and that's how you find your photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, the passwords to, we are. Used to, we used to just send out a Google Drive, mm. um, and then that's something we refined at the beginning of this of this year. Yeah, it's even like the password has attention to detail because it's like relates to something yeah. with the theme. Like I think for the southern dinner that I went to, the theme was um, bourbon. I think. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was so cool. Like that, that, yeah. that I loved conf- that. That was confidential information. We're gonna have to change yeah. the password now. Yeah, I don't Actually, know. That was not the. Password. Oh know. wait, never mind. I'll no, take that good. out. No, 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 we're just kidding. Oh, I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> Stora would attest to this. Like, this is really just another element where it's like, all right, we can make the password one, two, three, or why don't we theme the password? Yeah. Right? Like, Damn. you went to Southern Night. Why would it not be bourbon or mm-hmm. you know Louisiana? Like, it's just another element that's like kind of fun, and it's also a bit of a reminder of like. The theme you went to, Stoller would attest that there is a lot of theme that you can add to the website as well. Yeah, and for him that must be so fun, just like taking pictures of people, like genuinely just enjoying themselves. Like it's not like a fake smile; like it's genuinely people just yeah, having like a great time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think and he does such a good job. I think like so many people, like every photo that you post on Instagram is like perfectly posed, and like mm-hmm. you don't really like no, like especially like me and like I know a lot of other guys like we don't really take photos of ourselves and like (laughs) especially doing like very candid natural things and like I think getting like a cool photo of yourself and like I I always give a speech before dinner and one thing I always say when I give Jack a little shout out is he's the only one whose photoshop skills are good enough to make this face look good (laughs) um but yeah just like getting a photo of you like genuinely having fun is Mm -hmm. something that rarely happens yeah. and um, they always turn always, out to be the best too yeah and it's he like you yeah you so, like Jack is so super talented. talented so talented Jack is so talented yeah. you know what's funny is like he's actually adapted the way he's taken photos throughout 
you know, the process of the museum, like mm -hmm. originally it was all film. Mm -hmm. And that got, I mean, I think we cut that because we were super, super, I mean, we were operating at a loss actually the first like six months. And so, yeah, I mean, we started charging people $15. We now charge um, 65 for a regular event and 85 yeah. for a private event. Yeah. And so, you know, Jack was like paying out of pocket for this film. And, and this is- Film is expensive. Yeah, you, I mean, it's really expensive now. Right now. But yeah, so Jack used to do, you know, two rolls of film and it looked awesome, but it was like, I remember he would be like, oh, can I get reimbursed? And we were like, well, with no. what? <laughs> like, like, I, like, we don't have I'll money. Give you two, I'll give you two bruschettas and a margarita. Yeah, you get dinner. So it's cool to see how he's evolved, you know? And, it, and I also want to give a shout out to how he's evolved to the space. Gateway lighting was very level, right? It was like very easy to set the aperture and the ISO. And, you know, same with Bungalow. He got that down because the lighting wasn't changing and it was just the same the whole night. And, you know, the photos looked great. Mm -hmm. But with this new space, it's dynamic. So mm -hmm. it's like throughout the night, it's changing. But he's gotten so good at adapting and like just really making the photos look great. And so now you see these photos and it's like, wow, these are professional and very professional. And it's not like they look good at, you know, eight o'clock and then at 11, it's like, ah, but they look good throughout the whole night. And so I do want to give him, you know, props for that. Cause that's, that's hard to do. And he's really the only one who documents it. Like that's, actually documents yeah. it in, in, you know, and also his photos was also Jack's a storyteller. David Trey mentioned earlier how he yeah. loves Disney. Jack's a writing major at USC. His photos almost also just tell a story of the night. Completely. How to begin when people come in. And you can see when people come in, they're maybe a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious. They're just sitting there and then they slowly get comfortable. They slowly start to start socializing with the rest of the guests. And by the end of the evening, you really get that story through the photography that everyone's sort of, it's a little bit family. We create a little community mm -hmm. in that one dinner. If and you, yeah, it's... If you go on LinkedIn, actually, Storo, <laughs> Storo in his LinkedIn headline, it, his job title is storyteller. That's pretty cool. So I, I think he, I think he would really appreciate that. Very, but yeah, very Disney adult thing to. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah he's an annual pass holder. <laughs> I guess after having reflected on my own experience at museum and talking to friends, like you guys have seriously created something so special. And I have a few Thank texts you. from my friends that they sent me after they went. She said, I had the best night of my life. And then another friend texted me and said, so freaking fun. I could do that every day for the rest of my life and not get tired of it. So like, Same. I don't know, these are definitely <laughs> not exaggerations. And at the core, like what you guys do is like provide a community for people to come together and just like genuinely get to know each other. So I guess the question I have for you guys is like, what has it been like watching that unfold and like being the vehicle that like brings people together? Because like truly, I feel like that's what like the core of museum is. It still hasn't resonated. And yeah. just as we're graduating and this stage of the museum is about to end effectively and enter into whatever something might become later on. Um, it's something that we I've really been thinking about now. And just the one thing that we go back to is just how fortunate we are that we get mm -hmm. to do this. Yeah. It's, this was something that we started just as like something on the side. And to be able to, to, to run this with my best friends and to create the platform that we've created, I like, I don't know how. Like, like when I was thinking about this interview, thinking about how the museum became what the museum is, I sort of just get lost in the time, lost in the little decisions that we made. It's just to really ref reflect and look back. And I know the rest of the other guys, we have people coming up to us on campus when we're, you know, at Dolce in line, when we're in <laughs> class, like <laughs> coming up to us saying, 
oh, you're Fardad, you're Taylor, you're Trey, you're David, you're Jack, we didn't even see him, guy, right? And we're like, yeah. How do you know who we are? Yeah. And to and to you know to have to have that, and just and honestly even more to have your friends text us and people after the event, um, they text us as well saying similar things. It's museums are part enjoying to know that people are enjoying it, to know that we're adding some sort of value, some sort of enjoyment into people's lives. They were able to make a connection that night that they perhaps wouldn't have if it wasn't for all the hard work that we put into it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful feeling. Yeah. And it's what motivates us to keep on doing it. Yeah, I think like throughout the week, it it takes up a lot of our mental space. You know, we're, yeah. we're always thinking about it. We're always making you know, yeah, accommodations again, so in our schedules. In, like on the, on the, on like the logistics, we haven't talked much about the logistic, logistics of it tonight. It's, a, it's logistically, it's quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to send out invites. You've got to manage the invites. You've got to handle payments. You've got to handle the finances. You've got to handle organization of our schedules. We've got private events. You've got to, you know, do the business development for private events, get them, make sure they, mm-hmm. you know, we're accommodating all of their needs. It's, it's the lead up to the event is not just, you know, we show up on a Sunday and, we, and, and, and we have 30 people show up. There's a lot of work going into that to actually, you know, get us to a stage where we can do this, where it's viable to do this, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we can continue doing this. So, yeah. you know. And seeing yeah. all of that pay off and people like, like not, not noticing all of that work is, is really a big part of it, I think. Like when, when it seems seamless to people and we see people just coming in and being able to fully enjoy themselves and genuinely meet people and enjoy it for what it is. I, I think it, it makes everything so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always say there's like three cornerstones to the museum and like, it's something I always say during my speech. Like I say, I hope you left, <laughs> like, I hope you left the night having tried a new food, tried a new drink or met someone new. Mm-hmm. And like for us, like all three of those apply every single time. It's not just for the guests, like mm-hmm. because of museum, I've, my friend group has expanded like even coming to USC as a transfer, like it, it's hard to meet people. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And like just starting with these guys and like now every time I go out, I go to class, I literally see someone I'm like, Oh, Hey, like yeah, they're like, Oh, Hey, like when do we get to come back to the museum? We had the best time, you know, like my friend, I like just my connections um, have grown so much to the museum yeah. and I've met so many new people and, you know, explored so many new cultures, making drinks with David and, you know, chowing on Farda's legendary tzatziki, but at the end of the night, like, shishtauk, the hummus, everything has been, yeah, it's been so special um, throughout, through and through, and I'm very lucky to do it with my best friends. On that point about meeting people, we genuinely do meet a lot of people who come to the museum. If we all pull up our Instagrams right now, I haven't checked I haven't checked for a couple, I haven't checked this month yet, I don't think. But if we go into museum Instagram account and see how many people we follow who follow the account or just look in our spreadsheet and see how many people that we know who's made a reservation request, I only know about 30% of the mm-hmm. people who've made a reservation yeah. request at museum. Three, 400. Yeah. You know, 70% of the people who are coming to museum we've never met before. I mean, I mean, I met you at the museum. Yeah. For the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are generally meeting people and we're generally making friends and, you know, being able to learn and hear about people's experiences yeah. is another part of it. Like Taylor was saying, it's not just for the guests. We also just have so much fun on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, back to your original question about like how has it been to kind of see it grow? Like, it's funny, like, and, and you know, to Fardot's point as well, like it used to be inviting people that at least one of us knew, right? Like, you know, like I said, like the girl from your Russian class or the, the people from my, my, you know, my design class. It, it was like, we know 
all of these people and we're just bringing in friends, right? That's really what it was. And it, it's not that we were bringing giant groups, you know, it was just like friends from, you know, all different corners, right? But then it started to evolve. Like all of a sudden, I remember, uh, you know, one of the kids that David knew brought a girl on a date, like to the museum. He was like, well, I'm taking you out to dinner. And this was in the bungalow days. That was our he, last Whoa. dinner. Yeah. And so it's like, something. then you have things like that happening where people are saying like, I want to come here for my birthday. I want to come here on a date. And people- They, they ask, for, like they let you know beforehand yeah, too. So yeah. like, you know, you treat them a little special. And, and now that's evolved to something like where we literally had one of the people, it was one of the people on the board of Marshall uh, reach out to us and I, I got lunch with her and she was like, we want to do an event for Dean Martin. And we're like, we're like, we're like, whoa, like, hold up, let's scale back. <laughs> and so now, you know, we're getting like all walks of life and it's so cool because it makes it really feel like a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not only catering to kids in our grade we're catering to, we had a, a person who was in high school come, right? The, the younger sister of uh, one of the guests last yeah, week. Yeah. And then we have people all the way up till parent, like we have parents coming next Friday. Yeah. And, and that to us, I think is just so crazy because originally it was like, all right, we're just inviting sophomores, but you know, when we were sophomores and so. Yeah, I think for me, like that's the coolest way to quantify it is like just the reach of of the you know the age limit mm -hmm. of people. Like there really is no specific customer for the museum, yeah, right? Two, yeah. Two quick things. I remember that night that Trey's referring to where somebody somebody brought someone on a yeah, date. It was Zach. It was yeah. It was, yeah. It was Zach. I remember I he was standing right next to the kitchen. Um, yeah. And he told us before, and he's like, "Gas me up a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> we gave yeah, him the best. Plate. Like, I got, got it. Plate. We gave him the best plate for sure. Yeah. Or his date, the best plate. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, like, um, I remember he was he was standing right next to the kitchen and he was talking to to he was talking to to to, to who he brought and a couple other guests mm -hmm. and he was graduating he was a senior this mm -hmm. is okay. juniors and he was saying to them I remember just I was just ears dropping on their conversation a little bit I'm saying I'm gonna miss USC so much and I love USC and I'm appreciative of USC because there's cool people here at USC doing things that are so special like this I remember like almost crying. Like I got like very yeah. emotional. I was yeah. cooking. I was like so behind on the food. I had two things in the oven, four things on the stove. I was so stressed. I remember hearing that and just being like, wow, like this is worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm getting emotional now. Like, yeah. Yeah. God. Even like with this podcast, like I, when I was thinking of like, oh, who would I even interview? Like, I don't know, like literally like you guys came to mind and I hadn't even like been to museum yet. Cause I was like, that's so cool. Like they literally have a full like, experience like running out of their apartment that people like love so much so the fact that you think that people would be interested in hearing us speak the fact that you know you think that someone's going to be actually care about us means the world i mean that's yeah. crazy we were just before this we were all sitting outside mm -hmm. just being ourselves we're looking at each other like how did we get here <laughs> like what like what like we're actually doing and this is again we're, we're going to start doing a little bit more more pr in the future but this is mm -hmm. our, our first one how do we get to a point where people can want to hear about us it's yeah it's, i mean that's something insane. i think we all can add on but yeah. like the way that people see museum is like how it should be portrayed and like it's the space we're trying to create but what people don't see is like five best friends like mm, yeah. joking around all the oh time like the, like yeah. the amount of laughs that we've had like playing crazy like music <laughs> before like yeah. the lunches that we have all together like all of that like as much as I love meeting new people like the memories that I made with these four five guys are what I'm gonna treasure yeah. for the rest of my life you should see i think a perfect testament to, to that is like not not even the hour before like the 10 minutes before dinner oh starts gosh. it's crazy <laughs> it is yeah. it is 
crazy. I mean, like it is like it is like watching a Russian ballet. I mean, we are just <laughs> weaving in and out and all yelling. Like we have like call outs and communication yeah. and but it's like chaos. I mean, if you could like when people arrive early, we get so stressed because it's like if they came in right now, they would be like, oh, what is yeah. this? <laughs> but then like it all comes together yeah. Yeah, so the quickly. Five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, you go from yeah. the loudest noises you've ever heard yeah. to complete silence. Yeah. Like, like, it's yeah. whiplash. Our, our blood pressure yeah, collectively well. rises. Yeah, it's whiplash. So, so Chris, are, Chris, so we do it in my apartment right now and I have yes. two roommates who aren't part of the museum. And the first dinner we did, uh, the couple of days afterwards, he was like, yeah, I thought you guys were not going to be able to do it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, literally 10 minutes before it was nothing was ready. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that like last 10, 15, 10 minutes before guests arrive, it's so much adrenaline and mm. we love, we're just all in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just, I mean, we're best friends. We're all on the same page and we're doing this like sort of dance. We're yeah. all just getting this ready and that energy and that excitement and knowing that I'm doing it with the people that I love is just you know something that I'm gonna cherish for the rest of my life. We have like the perfect amount of stupidity amongst the five of us. <laughs> you can like tell if, already about this. If we, if, we, if we took it too seriously, I think we would hate each other. And if yeah. we didn't take it seriously enough, it wouldn't be the museum. Yeah. And yeah. so, like I think you know Taylor and Jack add a lot to that, and then me and Fardo are probably like mid level, and then David's pretty stoic. So, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, I think between the five of us, like it's it's sort of like the sage and the fool, like none of us are one or the other. It's, mm -hmm. it's a very healthy, you know, balance of yeah. the two. And, so. and I think people like love that. Cause like yeah. when people come to the museum, they have no idea what they're expecting. Mm -hmm. And like, but like what I, like obviously like from an insider's perspective, I like know what it is, but I think a lot of people are just like, think it's like, oh, this exclusive pretentious. Mm -mm. But when you come in, like David and I are like, we're like, oh, like, yeah, like I'll make that extra strong for you. Like, yeah. don't even worry about it. like, <laughs> like put these drinks, put these drinks on the house. Like, don't worry about it. Like it's on me. And it's just like cracking jokes, yeah. like just like joking. Like that's like makes people feel comfortable. And I think like not to like toot our own horn, but like, I don't know if the museum would work without all five of our personalities. Oh, no way. yeah, I was going to say, like, even having attended, I remember, like you were saying a little bit, being like a little bit nervous because I was like, I'd wanted to go for so long. And I was like, wait, what if I'm like, don't know who to talk to? I don't know. I was a little nervous, whatever. And then like we walked in and yeah, you guys were like so nice. You were like, oh, like here, like, what do you want to drink? Here's the menu for the night. Like, and all of your personalities like definitely came across. And I felt like I left the night, like knowing all of you a little bit and like talking to you personally, which was like super nice it, and I think that that reads for your guests which makes it very special when you come to the museum we want you to make it feel like you're coming to our home it literally is our yeah. home but sit with with our service the way we interact with you the way we talk to you the way you know we we serve you it's with love mm -hmm. there's so many times you go to a restaurant or any establishment in honestly any around the world and they've lose that touch yeah you go and you know it's some waiter who doesn't really care mm -hmm. they're half taking your order they're not putting in that extra step to show you and really make you feel welcome and that's our biggest goal in the museum like you said from the outside it seems very exclusive it seems very secretive but once you're inside we don't want there to be any of that I want to yeah, seem as if all. you're in a home, you're our guests, and we and we love and we appreciate the fact that you're here with us this on that evening. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's it's. I think it's, you know, I think there's a few things that that made museums successful. I think, and Trey and I were had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. One of our, one of our big things is just our our hospitality and our desire to make somebody feel comfortable and welcome in our environment. 
I also think the fact that the food is served family style like says a lot about it. It eases the pressure for sure. Like, it, I don't know. Like, I think people get a little bit like just I, it just mellows them out for some reason. Like everybody gets to make their own plate, and it's yeah. not like it's a clean, beautiful plate. It's like a it's like a plate of everything, right? Like, it's not pretty. It's not elegant. Yeah, Farad's like in there, like. You know, can I get you this? Can I get you this? Do you like salt? Do you like this? Like, let me add, you know, and he, he kills it with that. And, are you, you know, are you gluten free? Do you have dietary? Yeah. Okay, I have gluten free bread in the back. Let me go and adjust this. I'll make the brisket with you for this gluten free bread. Or he said, mm-hmm. I'll sub out cheese. I left a little bit yeah. of this sauce without butter in it. That's going to get for you. The other, other night, this Sunday, with somebody who was, we made burgers, somebody who was vegan, uh, we had impossible, I had a, I bought impossible burgers in the fridge. Oh, nice. like, Let me go put that on the stove right now. Yeah. I'll get it out to you. Oh, I wish so I could just, try that burger. I bet it's so good. Oh, done. <laughs> done. We get coming this Sunday. We'll make it happen. Oh, perfect. Wait, what's yeah. the theme for this Sunday? It's California. Oh, oh, wait, we're locked in on that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we did that because it's like we used to do Parisian because we started in Paris and mm-hmm. then, you know, we're doing Californian Aww. because we're yeah. ending, ending in so, California. Yeah. It's, our, it's our 50th event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think so our final one ever, we're going to do Parisian. Yeah. yeah. Just right. Oh, back. make it full oh, circle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in terms of, we've got a couple more private events coming up. Mm-hmm. In terms of Sunday dinners, this is... Yeah, it's our last one. This is our last one that's open to the, like... Waitlist. Wait yeah. Got it. Yeah. For closing out your USC chapter with museum, what is a favorite memory that you guys have? Because there has to be a lot of good ones, like the one you talked about with the landlord like screenshotting the security camera. That's a good one. There's so many good ones. Um, every every single so on our on our in our apartment as well, uh, we have all of our menus at Trade Designs, and again yes. we've done fifty different events. All with fifty different menus. We have fifty different menus on the wall, and uh, and it's hundred actually. Because well, we yeah, do drink menus and there's, there's, yeah, and yeah. drink menus too. Yeah, and it's so fun just picking it. We can we literally point at every single menu and go, these were the guests at this night. X, Y, and Z. That's the night this happened. That's the night that that happened. I mean, countless memories. To pick one, I don't know if anything pops to your guys' minds. I think of all the funny things that have happened. Yeah. To be honest, like things I shouldn't say on the podcast, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, those, it, yeah. but yeah, like like those funny things are like the things that kind of just bring the museum back down to earth because it's like you don't hear about those things happening at mm-hmm. like Nobu, but then you yeah. hear about them and you see them happening at the museum and it's like kind of hilarious, you um, know? Again, like we were saying, all of these little things at the museum that just naturally happened that we didn't think, really think about, oh, we'll do this on purpose. It's just something that we did one time. We're yeah. like, that was great. Let's keep on mm-hmm. doing that. Um, so... I remember in in, 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 the, in the bungalows, somebody had dropped their glass on the floor and it shattered. And they felt so nervous. They felt so bad. <laughs> they felt so like, oh my God, I just broke a glass. It's embarrassing. And I remember like we all look at each other. And then we all, and then I, and then we, and then I just scream, mashallah, which means like, thank God in, 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 in Arabic. I'm originally, I'm ethnically Persian. Um, um, and then they all scream, mashallah, they all start screaming and clapping hands <laughs> as like a celebration. So every time, every time, that's come a tradition now. Yeah. Every time a glass breaks, we now scream, mashallah. <laughs> we all start clapping. Now that I think of it, when I oh. went, a glass broke and that happened and I was like, wait, what is that? Yeah. Anyway, it's something <laughs> that I, happened, that happened just naturally, blah, blah, blah. But like, Again, to the museum where it's, you know, it happened naturally, but then we go back and think, actually, this has some sort of value. This is adding some sort of value to our business and to the experience. You know, when somebody breaks a glass, 
and then we all start celebrating, they immediately start celebrating too. And yeah. they start screaming too. And then you don't feel nervous. You don't feel bad about breaking the glass. And then yeah. some people actually are like, oh, is that the response? Is like, you know, and they break their glass to see if I we know. do it again. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, like, this is not. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's like, it's like well, when, when for, the, for <laughs> Greek. Yeah, we, yeah. Had a ton of, we had a ton of Greeks come over the other week. <laughs> Everyone was like either Greek or Turkish. They helped yeah. themselves to a lot of our plates yeah. to, to yeah. shatter. Instead of breaking our plates, like it's our tradition, and we're like, <laughs> no, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I mean, along the lines of some of the other stories, I, I think about. I think one of our favorite nights was we did a private event for a friend of ours. It was a group of girls and, and you know their guy friends, and it was a French dinner, and they were so excited to come. Oh, yeah. They showed up in berets, in berets. Oh, yeah. yeah, like oh all gosh. dressed Parisian and French, and it was so funny, and they had so much fun the whole night, and then. You know, it was like a, it was a Wednesday. They wanted to go to like the Nino or something after. And this was, you know, probably two months ago. No, it was last semester. I don't it know. It was last semester. Yeah. I had COVID. But yeah, Taylor was gone with COVID. It was our, it was our like fifth event of last yeah, semester. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, like we hear a knocking on the, you know, they left and we all start celebrating and, you know, having drinks ourselves and just kind of cooling off for the night. But then like two minutes later, we hear them knocking on the door and they came back. <laughs> They're like, we didn't actually want to leave. <laughs> and so then, then we start going up again and, and dancing. And then, you know, like 30 minutes later, they're like, all right, we should actually probably go in. Like the nine is, the, the nine line is getting long. And so they leave. 10 minutes it's, later. It's like, it's like one, one 10 minutes later. We're, yeah, we're like on our, you know, I'm looking on Snapchat and I see this video that was like 36 seconds ago of a girl climbing because we have a gate at the front. Oh my God. Yeah. She, they don't know the code and she's climbing the gate, to get like back breaking in. everybody in. <laughs> she breaks them in and we get another banging on the door. And they're back again, <laughs> like at one they're in the back morning. back for more. And then and they stayed all night. They never went to the 9 and they were like, this is the most fun thing ever. And it's free. Like we can yeah. keep getting drinks. And, I mean, and on, so, yeah, it on, was, it was funny. On that note, like something that we all hold dear to our heart is, is what something we call after hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And yeah, I, I, I don't know how it hasn't been mentioned yet, but obviously like we have our main dinner service with like 25 to 30 people. But I mean, we're there all night. Like yep. we're having fun. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're talking to people. We're still, David and I will still be serving drinks. Yeah, as soon yeah. as the food comes out, yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hardhead's hanging out, relax. talking to people. Trey's hanging out. Um, yeah, but we always have maybe like five, six, depending on the night. Guests just stay late. Sometimes all of them. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes like a lot. We love having people stay late, and like once we're done with like all of our, because like we're working hard during the dinner. Mm -hmm. Like Trey will help wash glasses because oh David gosh. and I run out. Farad's cooking. David and I are shaking. Like I have to give a shout out. Like one of my favorite memories is the biceps I've developed from taking <laughs> rock pills. Um, but like then we at the end of the night we can finally like really get to know our guests and ask them yeah. about their experience, ask them about who they are, why they <laughs> want to come here. Um, and that's kind of, and then like, honestly, it, it turns into a dance party. Yeah. Like the floor opens up, we move the table back and yeah. like, we'll lights go down. Play, yeah. Lights go down. We play some house music, EDM music. And like, we just kind of like frolic around, like talking and dancing and having fun with yeah. people. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how we've developed some of our closest relationships. It's like this alter ego to the museum too, where it's like, oh, you had to stay for after hours and people yeah. like, you know, nobody knows what it is. They go, oh, what's after hours? And you're like, it's, it's so like yeah. raw. Yeah. Like, like, like what the service that we do is very like put together, but like fun. And then like after hours, it's just like, you kind of meet like who we are 
outside of the museum, mm-hmm. I'd say. And along the lines of like the alter egos in the museum, there's also like museum, I don't know if we call it this, but it's like the museum cafe, which is like we do brunches every now and then. And those are completely different. Like we're all dressed a little bit differently. Yeah. It's it's bright out. So it's like you know, half the essence of the museum is different. Lineage. The food is like obviously breakfast. The cocktails are more breakfasty and you'll get a completely different vibe then. Like people are a bit more, you know, they have a bit more etiquette at, at, mm-hmm. the, at the, the brunches. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, at night, like they don't really have that same level of like elegance. So it's, it's cool to see how the museum sort of kind of gone down these different avenues, right? Where we go on the road sometimes, like we're going to tomorrow, we do brunches, we do after hours and it's really evolved into like all these different, all these different legs. Um, on our, on our business strategy side, like backing up and that and sort of, again, it's something that happened naturally and something that we backed up with business rationale. We adapt absolutely anything as we're talking about making yourself at home. We adapt absolutely everything and anything to you to what you want at a museum. If you're doing a private event and you want this on the menu, we're gonna put it on the menu. If you want this song on, we're gonna play that song. If you want the design of the menu of the um, of the of, of our space to change, we're gonna change it for you. We're gonna adapt completely in any way that we can. Tomorrow night we're doing an event at at, at for for a sorority. They wanted a bigger space. We're going there and we're building out their apartment. Troy's putting up these lights, oh Troy's putting up these flowers. So like actually and even when we're doing like our own events the night is adapted so much to the people there and it is a different experience every single time. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a traveling circus, honestly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think the reason it hasn't become burdensome and the reason we haven't killed each other yet is because we really do love doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, if we have to move 200 cocktail glasses down the street by hand, like we're going to do it because, you know, it's worth it at the end of the day. And, And if it makes that customer's night better if it makes their experience better to have those glasses and not have the plastic cups or all that matters yeah Yeah. that's that's everything tying tying that into like some of our favorite memories um our first catering event that we ever did um oh no it was like an absolute it was absolute (laughs) chaos talios yeah talios i was was thinking of lizzie's when Thoro's car died yeah that's what i was about to say right (laughs) oh my god his car died in the middle of the his car died in the middle of the event (laughs) so we were transporting so we were doing we were doing a 90 person event um for a birthday and we were so we're transporting all of our plates all of our glasses all of our bar equipment our kitchen equipment and midway for literally half an hour before the event's gonna gonna start and we're still got a few things more to move a jack a photographer's car who was helping us move stuff uh it died it broke it wasn't Street. In it the blocked, middle it blocked of the, the street, street right oh, outside no. their apartment. Too. Yeah, so we had to jump the car, and it was just like, wow. Um, and, we, and we were already, we were already so far behind, right? Because mm-hmm. it was just like this was, this was probably. And it was the, on a the, Monday night as well, yeah. so we had class yeah. the entire day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we had, but, yeah, but we pulled and it up before we had yeah. a Sunday dinner. As we well. always, when that happened, I, I literally just started laughing at like how ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Yeah, well, yeah like well, the event started, and then like when I say in the middle of the event, I'm not saying like time wise. I'm saying physically in the middle of the like we're doing it like on this lawn oh, on the sidewalk, and then you literally look out, and there's Jack trying <laughs> to frantically jump starting his about car a, about electrocute himself. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's like all these little stories that make museum what it make any business what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean. You have to realize nothing goes to plan. Yeah. You, know, you always yeah. have to adapt. And in the end, you know, learning if you're lucky, you're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. We learn from all those things. And now it's like when those things happen, I mean, it truly takes like a crazy thing to happen. Like the sake bombs to throw us off now. Cause it's like, we've, we've messed up so many times, like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And I'll give a little bit of shout out Jack, to Jack here. He's been really good about saying like, all right, how can we learn from that? Let's put band-aids under the sink. Let's have a broom and, you know, dustpan ready. 
jumper cables under the sink. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's become this thing <laughs> where jumper cables in the back of my car. Now, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, kind of wrapping up all these stories, like really what they've been for us is these like learning experiences to make the mm -hmm. experience better, to be safer, to be more prepared. And still to this day, we're still learning, but it's just been kind of funny to like mess up so many times. Cause then we're like, Oh, well, how do we not yeah, think of that? We, we learn, we learn a lot about each other and, and becoming adaptable too. Yeah. I mean, we know where our weaknesses are yeah. and made us better friends because of that. Okay, so now um, talking about the future of museum because I know a lot of people are wondering what's gonna happen and I'm sure you guys are gonna miss like being here at USC, your Sunday night dinners, and just getting to know all of the students here. So what can you tell us about the future? So we're all graduating, um, as you sadly, mentioned, which is yes. very sad. My last day of class yesterday, <gasps> which is very, very sad. Oh my gosh. But um, so we're all graduating and we all have, as you were saying, we're all so different. We all have such different interests. Last summer, we all entered in completely different industries, mm -hmm. but we all sort of had a similar experience where we're still in the museum. It's, I wasn't waking up on a Monday morning as fired up to get to work as I was when I have to do a museum. Mm -hmm. And just sort of that throughout the semester as graduation was approaching, I had to make a decision of, am I gonna join the firm I interned with last summer? It was, do I really wanna do that? Or do I wanna, you know, we built museum. Why don't we, why don't we do that? So it's not gonna be a museum. Um, museum's gonna, it's gonna have to change quite substantially because we're taking it out of, the USC community yeah, and we're taking it out of a USC bubble and now serving the entirety of LA. So there's going to have to be a lot of changes. It's going to have to be very different. Um, but we will be opening some sort of dining experience Woo. hopefully by the end of this year. So exciting. Oh, Thank you. I'm keen to go. It's scary. It's nerve wracking. It's complicated. But, you know, we're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. I also want to add like one thing, you know, with the legacy here on campus. And this is sort of just a lighthearted thing back to the conversation we're having about names of houses on campus that have lived forever. Like, you, you know, Brown House, you know, Sev. These are like, you know, locations around campus. I really, really, really hope that that apartment for the rest of time, whoever lives there, it is known as the museum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have a group of girls that are going to be moving in their next year that we all know. And we're like, can you guys please keep Just calling keep it? it? Just call the museum, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, I, and I hope that lives on forever and that those like memories you know, are passed down and told to, to everybody. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And we all, I think we know the girls that are living there yeah. next year. So it just kind of be fun to pop back in mm -hmm. every once in a while yeah. and just, yeah. Like we should go back to gateway. Yeah. yeah about we to say, we should go back to going, going knock on 411. Yeah. Go back to your old room and see what, 100%. how it looks. <laughs> we should go knock on the door. Tell them. I wonder if they know, like, you know, I wonder if the kids at 411 know that the museum okay, started no there. I think just kind of keeping that legacy, yeah. you know, at least whispers of the museum around campus would be cool. Yeah. I mean, this interview has been really fun. So thank you, Chloe, for having us on. But yeah, just like reliving the, the we've past. Never, yeah. that, like years. one thing I was just experiencing as we're doing this, we've never sat down and talked about the museum. Yeah. We talk about the museum in terms of the future of it, what's going to mm -hmm. happen next week, how can we improve. Um, but we don't, ever, uh, we don't ever talk about the last two years, three years of our life's doing it, actually. So this has been quite quite disjointed and we've been jumping around everywhere, yeah. but a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. and to be honest, like to take it back to business really quick, like 
that was part of our, our strategy. It was like, let's avoid all PR, right? We, we yeah. don't want to expose ourselves. So we don't want it to be out we there. We don't want to ruin the facade. Exactly. And we had yeah. some really, really attractive people and things come to us where it's yeah. like, wow, this is a great opportunity. But then we had to have that like restraint where it was like, let's let's stay small, you know, let's mm. stay hidden. And, and I think ultimately, you know, I would have liked to have done, I think we all would have liked to have done a couple of those things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that was a huge part in, in keeping the museum brand strong and secretive and, and cool. So yeah. now, now that we have our next steps, it sort of makes sense to, yeah. to you know, as we're, as this chapter of our lives are ending, document a little bit mm-hmm. on, on, well, on, on audio, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, you know, our last experiences of our last few years for us and for anybody else who will enjoy listening to that. And also just to say that, you know, this is not ending. Mm-hmm. No. I'm excited. I yes, feel like yes. all USC students are going to go like support you guys and it's going to be so cool. I can't wait to see what you guys do. We cannot wait for you to see what we're going to yes, do. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you. So next, since Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, and wellness publication here at USC, I'm going to ask the museum men a few questions about these topics, and it's going to be a speed round, so just answer with whatever comes to mind. So, um, the first question is, what is the favorite place you've traveled to? Hong Kong. Taylor David. Tokyo. Yeah. Albania. Istanbul. I need to check out all those places. I've not been to any of those. <laughs> Taylor David and I went to Hong Kong together, actually. Yeah. On a little trip. Our sophomore year, yeah. Fight for freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite movie of all time? La La Land. No, American Psycho. Answer for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Conan the Barbarian. That's a close second. <laughs> what is a guilty pleasure that you guys have? Eating. I eat all Fardot's food, all the leftovers. No guilty pleasure it's just a pleasure (laughs) (laughs) no guilt sleeping a lot sheesh taluk yeah putting hummus on everything literally (laughs) 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 I will try and I will find ways to put hummus or tahini on every single dish at the museum Fardad's wedding cake I love collard greens a little bit of tahini spread on that (laughs) Fardad's wedding cakes can have hummus on it. <laughs> oh, and it's it's probably going to taste inshallah, good. Inshallah, yeah. inshallah, inshallah. Let's be honest. Inshallah, <laughs> it has hummus. Um, what is a habit you're trying to build? I'm trying to journal. I'm That's a good journal. one. Yeah. Um, helps me record thoughts. For me, just like be more active. Like, like trying to surf more. Mm-hmm. That's something I did in the past and kind of have let go and something I'm trying to rebuild again yeah I was gonna say it's similar to activity just I love walking around like and just kind of thinking like Mm -hmm. just taking it all in I've been doing it now around around campus a lot with a friend of mine but yeah I think just walking and getting active I think finding more time to read yeah Mm -hmm. that's always a struggle yeah that's 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 a permanent one for everyone I think yeah do you have a favorite book what's 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 your hobby um or like something that you're trying to have you trying, trying to build well i've been going to like this one specific workout class a lot so i really want to get good at that which one it's called legree 213 it's like a reformer oh, pilates i've heard of that Mm-mm. it's really hard it's so humbling every single time i go but 100%. slowly yeah. but surely i'm gonna get better that's I'm how i feel first. walking up the stairs <laughs> <laughs> thank god this was on the first floor <laughs> Would have been 20 minutes later. <laughs> 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 David has to call on the forklift. 
Ready? Ready? Okay, this kind of is a similar question, but do you have any like daily practices aimed at maintaining good mental health? Like, what do you do for you? Yeah, I mean, I've taken a meditation class this semester oh, cool. and it's been like really, really beneficial to my mental health. Like, especially like we're all so, so busy, especially being seniors and just finding 15, 20 minutes to meditate throughout the day has worked wonders, like for just like being yeah. calm and mm-hmm. approaching things from like a calm manner. Yeah. I think they all know this about me. I listen to music every day. It's just like, I don't know, it kind of keeps me going in the morning mm-hmm. on my way here and in between classes just kind of all throughout the day. I think yeah. that's my thing. I've been going on a lot of walks and also trying to write more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to give the same answer, but... Yeah, journaling's definitely... Journaling, just to record how I thought, think and feel about things and to get... I am My head's quite messy and a lot of things jump, jumbled around. Just getting those on paper and organized makes me maybe able to evaluate my life and my situation and definitely. where I'm heading a lot easier. Yeah, there's something about like putting pen to paper, like thinking through things actually instead of just like in your head that makes it make a lot more sense I feel like. And 100%. Seeing it, seeing it all illustrated mm-hmm. instead of jumbling around being unorganized you go actually evaluating okay X, Y, and Z these are my priorities this is what I have to get done this is okay I was unfortunate here this didn't happen for me mm-hmm. but I've got all these great things to focus on too and yeah. it helps. Also the practice of having like a good notebook and a good pen I, I that. it's right next to me. I keep it anywhere. I, if we're going out to di- when we go out to dinners, I take my notepad with me. And yeah, Storo does that too. Actually, um, he has a mol- like you know the little moleskin journals. Mm-hmm. He has like fifteen of them that he's finished. Um, he is Whoa. the best at journaling. He's been doing it since he was like in like seventh grade. He used to use field notes. I know some people are like field note diehards, but I think to answer for him, he writes down everything. It's it's the coolest thing about he him. He also keeps little, all of them. I, I yeah, Storo has, is a massive archivist. Uh, yeah. David can. David, look, yeah, I'll yeah. Take, let David say this. If yeah. Storo were here, I wish you could just ask him, like, what's in your pockets? Because yeah. he always has just, yeah. like, the most fascinating things in his wallet, or <laughs> his wallet is like five inches thick. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God. All the stuff. He's got spinal issues. One of, the regular, yeah. one of the regular items in his wallet is a little zine that he made, which contains oh, the photography museum? of oh, the very first museum. He showed this to me. Really? Yeah, I it was that. so cool. That yeah. yeah, that's so that's cool awesome. that he keeps it with him at all times. I that's... think he has like Syrian currency in there too. He does, dude. He's <laughs> yeah, got, he has a fake passport. Well, he's he he's got Albanian country. lek. Yeah. He would say Albania too, by the way, for the country. Okay. Um, yeah. Lastly, this question's a little bittersweet, but what are you guys going to miss most about college? You're going to make me cry, Chloe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. <sighs> Just being in a, for me, it's going to be, for me, it's about being in community mm-hmm. with all these people and we're all at the same stage in our life, all trying to achieve the same things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, never again will we be able to just be in the vicinity of so many people who are in the exact same stage of us in life and going through the same things. And there's something very beautiful about that community. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss a lot. Yeah. Marshall Cafe. <laughs> yeah. The California rolls at Marshall. So good. They're so good. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kidding. Kidding. Yeah. The other day, they're so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. But in all honesty, just like, I don't know, spending every day with my best friends mm-hmm. and like, yeah. and doing it in like a, a non-pressure and I mean, minimal pressure environment and just, you know, having the highs and lows together. Um, yeah. I'm just going to look back on not only the museum, but just being a USC student with um, great memories and I'm proud to be a Trojan and I'm proud to be a member of the museum and um, I'm excited for what's in store but I'm proud of what me and all my friends have accomplished together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Taylor and Fardod wholeheartedly um, and I think maybe just one thing to add that I think 
I think all of us will miss, honestly, is going to class. I think we're all like pretty good students and we actually enjoy school. Like, and I think, you know, that's something I'm really going to miss because it's been a part of our everyday lives for our entire lives, right? We've all been really lucky to go to school and go to good schools. And I think I'm just going to miss us showing up to class, like and being in attendance, talking to the new students, the professors, like that's going to be something I I really am going to miss, I think, but also the things that they said as well. Yeah, I think being surrounded by friends that are able to like intellectually stimulate you and make you think differently and Mm -hmm. um, having that as like a a vehicle to like, you know, grow Mm -hmm. yourself and, yeah. yeah, 100%. That's you know why we love why we love that museum. It allows yeah. us to do that. Yeah. What do you, what do you love? You're a sophomore. Yes. What do you love so far about about USC? Oh, so much. Um, museum. <laughs> that's it. Museum. <laughs> I feel like college students in general just are given a lot of like grace to like experiment with different things. And I feel like that's really valuable because, like, I feel like once you go out into the real world, like, people are a little more harsh, which is scary to me. But also, I don't know, I'm from St. Louis and Missouri, I don't know, just coming to L.A., like, it's just like a whole different world, like, entirely. And, like, the people I've met are just like so different from me and I like value that so much because I feel like they've taught me a lot of things I've taught them and just like mutually I'm learning from everyone around me which is really nice um yeah there's a lot of really brilliant kids on this campus yes so many we've been lucky to interact with a lot of them a lot of them bring great ideas to the museum and yeah I think I think to who we are and what we are yeah as people and you know as an organization yeah so I think it's a good thing to, to recognize early on mm-hmm. and, and definitely try to take advantage of with just making those connections and, and hearing their stories. But yeah. And doing this podcast is such a brilliant way to take advantage of that at USC. You're going to have one-on-one conversations with kids. I mean, you're stuck with us for today, <laughs> but hopefully in the, your next semester, if you continue this, there's so many incredible kids at USC doing mm-hmm. incredible things. Mm-hmm. And to be able to document the stories and meet them and be able to have a conversation with them is going to be awesome. All right, it looks as though we've come to the end of another episode of Perspective, and this is actually the end of season one. So, um, yeah, very exciting. Um, However, I will be back and better than ever for season two in the fall with even more special guests. So make sure to follow SpecMagUSC on Instagram so you get updates about the new season starting. And (laughs) make sure to check out museum.la on Instagram so you can be the first to know about their new plans for their post-grad season I guess (laughs) Fardad, Taylor, David and Trey thank you so much for sitting down with me today thank you for having us yeah of course thank you Um, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to help you document your amazing story about museum so I'm your host Chloe Kofsky thanks for listening to season one of Perspective and joining me on this new endeavor have a wonderful summer and I'll talk to you on season two